The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. Cross green. Cross. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. <laughs> Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 119 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I am joined by the biggest Lakers fan in the United States of America, Zandrick Ellison. Zan. Monday morning, finals preview. How are you? I'm the biggest. You're the biggest Lakers fan. You're the one who, like, gave up, basically. <laughs> you see, you deflated, know, it's like if the, deflated. Deflated. Yeah, you know, you're like the, um, do you ever see The Matrix? I've seen all of The Matrix. What's his name? Joey Pants or whatever his name is. Like, eventually, there's always that one guy who just, like, halfway through is like, I give up, guys. Like, I'm joining the other side. I can't handle it. That's you. <laughs> oh, man. I will have you know that I do have a small amount of money on Bovada Sportsbook on the Miami Heat to win the title that I wagered prior to the series against the Celtics. So, I am rooting. My, my financial rooting interest is with the Heat. And I don't know. It's just been like a roller coaster of emotions with the Lakers, right? Like we are always accused of being like anti-LeBron and then like going to the bubble. I was like, I think the Lakers are going to win the title. I think it'll be cool to root for LeBron. And I'm pretty sure that I've swung like, it's like a bell curve, right? Like you're going up a roller coaster, top of the hill. I'm all about LeBron. And then you start watching, you start going downhill. And now I'm at the bottom of the hill and I'm, I'm just like, really. I'm, I'm, are I'm you genuinely to... rooting for them? Because I, I feel like I'm, I'm just more like. I'm not rooting for the Lakers. Oh, if, okay. if, if you have to pick a rooting interest, I mean, we're supposed to be like unbiased right like we're not supposed to root for them I I find it very hard to watch LeBron when the stakes are this high just because it's not like he's not amazing and like in game five against the Nuggets like he was spectacular right like he was literally like old school LeBron triple double I think he had what like 30 38 like 16 and 10 or something and like that type of LeBron you watch and you're like man this guy's so good and then like you watch him like the rest of the time and it's like, he's just yelling and screaming at officials. Like he's bitching his teammates. It's like, I don't know, man. I, I'm just like, it's fine. He's good. I, I think they're going to win probably. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull the trigger on like the Miami and six or Miami and seven, but we'll talk about it, dive in a little bit and figure out like where the value is. It's just like, is it fun to root for the Lakers? Like it's, this is like with Warriors fans, right? Was it fun to root for the Warriors? Like, I, I just don't understand. Yeah, why not? The the difference actually, you know, Lakers fans are actually really good fans. I nothing I've heard that. that. I've heard that for a long time. Absolutely. Lakers and Dodger fans get a bad rap. They're very good fans. It must just feel weird though, because it's like those old Marlins titles where it's like, this isn't really like a team you've grown up with. Like it's like LeBron came last year, Anthony Davis came this year. So it's really like a two-year project. Who's the longest tenured Laker on this team? That's a great question. It's gotta um, be Caruso, right? Because he was played with the South Bay Lakers. Is he the longest tenured Laker? No, Kuzma. Kuzma's a three-year guy. Well, too. KCP has been there for what, three years? Because he signed the year before. It was like sort of a handshake thing. Right. And they drafted Kuzma that year. They drafted right? Kuzma. Hmm. And then That's Caruso. a great question. But I mean, we're we're looking at the Lakers roster, right? And we're not seeing any I mean, there's no 
At least I, I, and there's I really like no, I mean, aside from Caruso, there's no like homegrown, like even rotational players. I mean, K- K- Kuzma, but Kuzma sucks. So, I mean, like it, it's really just like a bought team that they shot for at Whole Foods and, and it worked out. Yeah. JaVale was on. Yeah. This is a team like Dwight Howard's been on the Lakers before and now he's back on the Lakers. But yeah, so Kuzma and uh, I believe, yeah, Kuzma three years. Let's see. KCP. I'm assuming you're correct. Is three years. I should probably know this, but what are you going to do? KCP is. Was it an extra year? It might've been an extra year. KCP is three years. And then Caruso, like I said, he's been kind of last And Caruso is three years. So those are your longest tenured Lakers. And like you said, like this has been a team just like the Dodgers where their titles have always been like, sure. They got Shaq, right? Like they signed Shaq, but like the Kobe titles, like he was there his entire career. Magic was there his entire career. You know, you drafted like, your James Worthy's like, yeah, you got Kareem from the Bucks, but like he played what 10, 15 years with the Lakers. Like, it's an interesting team to embrace, is it not? Like, if you're a Lakers fan, because like, really, if you're a Lakers fan, you probably appreciated LeBron. But if you're like your age of right. Lakers fan, Zan, like you probably grew up not. I don't know if you rooted against him, but like if you were a Kobe guy, like you kind of pick sides, right? Like you kind of picked LeBron well, and or I, Kobe. And I wonder if, um, and we've seen a lot of examples of this lately. You know, Ra- the Raptors, I feel like, was slightly different because it was like, felt like it had been such a slow slog progression. And then Kawhi Leonard put them over the top. Yeah, they were but, good I mean, for a lot of years. They embraced Kawhi Leonard, the fans, really quickly, but he was only there for a year. Durant was there for, you know, they won in his first year in Golden State. And maybe LeBron in Miami, same thing. Like, that was yeah, the like last Dwayne, real. The fans were Dwayne Wade's fans, really, to start. And then, right. But the last real, like, homegrown title, even if, like, let's say the Heat win this year, like, you just signed Jimmy Butler, like, right. you drafted hmm. Tyler Hero. Sure, you have, they have the makings of, like, a culture, but, like, their whole team, with the exception of, like, let's say Hero and Duncan Robinson, right? And Bam, like, they, they, they traded for Goran Dragic. They, signed Kelly Olynyk, they traded for Myers Leonard. Like it's, it's not like I said, they, they signed Jimmy Butler traded for Andre Iguodala. Yeah. Like it's not traded for Jay Crowder. Like they, so who is the last, like, is it the Warriors, the staff? No, the, yeah, the Steph Warriors probably. And then the Spurs two years before that, definitely. And I think that's, and then, you know, yeah, the Lakers, the, like the Spurs kinda, should get a lot of credit. Cause they're really all homegrown. I mean, Duncan yeah. Robinson, Ginobili, Tony Parker, which Robinson? You said Duncan Robinson. Did he play for the Spurs? No, Duncan David Robinson. Robinson. Duncan. Yeah, Duncan, Duncan, David Robinson. Yeah. Duncan plus David Robinson. No, but who cares? I mean, that's the, the exercise to build a, build a championship. Build the, yeah, build the best team possible. And whether it, and I'm just saying, like, I think, like, and you, I don't know, you're, you're in L.A., right? Like, you're in the city. Like, you, you have grown up with Lakers fans. And I, and I wonder, like I said, it seems like this Lakers team has is is very much been embraced. And, like, I, I've said before on this podcast, like, a thousand times, like, LeBron James is unequivocally good for the NBA, right? Like, there's no question about it. Like, he's – I think he's good for America, despite the fact that he's sort of become this, like, rallying cry for what's wrong with, like, woke politics. Like, I think LeBron is a great guy. and, and I, Yeah, he's good for well, – Like, I'm I, happy I, for LeBron. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm sure. happy for him. It's, it's a situation where, like, he misses the playoffs last year. He sells off his team, kind of. Like, he goes and gets Anthony Davis. And, like, he's delivered every single thing he's promised to the Lakers, right? Like he, if, if they don't win the title, it's still certainly LeBron will be looked at. I, I would imagine as somewhat of a failure because we've talked about this before. You either win the title or you fail. It's like no in between, but like, this has been a, like the bubble was a success. The regular season was a success. Like the playoffs have been a success. Like 
I mean, what more can the yeah. guy do? They're Throw 15 and the three George in the playoffs. Bush, like mission accomplished banner. Absolutely. They're 12 and three in the playoffs. Excuse me. 12 and three in the playoffs. The only thing I would object to as far as like LeBron hating, hating on LeBron one last time, or they're his fans really, you know, and a lot of his fans go with him. And I understand that. Um, but the, there was a lot of people in the media and fan bases and social media where it's like, you know, he had that huge game to finish off the Nuggets, especially in the fourth quarter after getting some flack for not playing well in the fourth quarter. He, is, he was so good, like 14 Amazing. points in the fourth quarter. And, and honestly, if they made shots, he would have had probably three or four more assists. Like he was so good in the fourth. But like this is like the example of like an overreactionary media because I saw a lot of people being like, that's it. You know, it's over. He's the GOAT now. I'm like – if you're basing it on game five against the Denver Nuggets and the in, the bu- in the bubble, when we saw that, like, you know, like Jokic was in foul trouble, Jamal Murray's played like 750 minutes in just the playoffs. Like, come on, guy. like, come on. Yeah. This is crazy. So, I mean, like we have to take a step back from the legacy stuff, because obviously if let's say they lose this series, then LeBron's going to get all the hate again for his finals record. And then the opposite side of the coin, let's say they win. We've mentioned it before. He goes, to f- what four titles that's not gonna change you the, you know what's like the most stunning thing the scales in the argument you know what's like the most stunning thing about this lebron legacy thing and then i i literally promise that we will actually get into the, the series but like the most stunning thing with this legacy thing is every time he wins in the conference finals right and it's amazing like he's been in the conference finals like x i, I don't even know like i had a tweet in front of me and i i lost it i'll search for it and, and give it in a second but like we hear about how like lebron is so amazing and like this is incredible and like then as soon as he loses in the finals, it's like LeBron's not amazing anymore. And it's like, it can't, it really like, it, it can't be both, Zan. Like it can't be a situation where like him going to the conference finals every single time he plays in them and winning and then him losing in the finals are both good and bad, right? Like one and can no, be good. And in his defense, like how many times have we heard the sort of nitpicking? Oh, he does it in the East. It doesn't really matter making the finals. And like the West, he, he got some pretty good matchups. I mean, those yeah, teams, it was not murderer's row, but. I mean, he, had, he didn't have to put, face the Clippers, but like the Nuggets beat the Clippers. You can't, like, I, I've said this before with like LeBron, like I, I understand like choosing to play in the East. Like I totally get that. Don't get me wrong. But like you physically can only beat who you play. So like right. you don't deserve to be told that like what you did isn't great because like Daniel House decided to break the bubble rules and like the rock and Russell Westbrook was on, was hurt and like the Nuggets beat the Clippers. Like that's not, well, it's not it does, LeBron. Like he's I, I'm glad you mentioned the Kobe LeBron. I mean, Kobe and Shaq teams. Cause they remind me a lot of those teams just in the sense that like, it's very an old school mentality. It's the mentality I grew up in in the nineties. You're the best player. You're going to win the title. Oh, and, here was here, real quick. Here was the stat from Roger Sherman. I think he used to be at the ringer and maybe still at the ringer, but it says, LeBron James has played in 13.5% of all NBA finals ever. 10 that's out of 74. Like, that's ridiculous. That's incredible. It doesn't mean he's like the well, goal or anything. But but in terms of roster construction too, it's like you have two superstars. And it's not even like you need a good supporting cast. It's like you just need a mediocre supporting cast. Like Shaq and Kobe, same thing. Like For some of those titles, like they did not have a great, you know, Derek Fisher is not a great point guard. He's not a good point guard. He's like a serviceable starting point guard. Don't tell Scott Brooks. <laughs> um, and same here, like Alex Caruso, as much as we like, like him, you know, it's more like based on expectations and he's probably yeah. like a below average starter, but Hey, if he's, as long as he's like competent, that's good enough. Yeah. You know, the interesting part with this Lakers team, and I will say real quick, they are, let me look, they are minus three fifty on Bovada to win the title and they are minus 5.5 on 
Bovada to win game one, which is Wednesday night. And, and my assumption is that – so Vegas seems to think Miami is either slightly better than Denver or a, slight, a slightly better matchup than Denver for the Lakers – but also like this is pretty similar to what all the Lakers series prices have been, right? Because now you can't just, you know, now it's the same as it was, but like the Lakers were, they've been minus 300 in every series to start the series. So one is they're a very public team, right? Because it's the Lakers. Yeah. So like they're, they're a very public team, but I've said before that I thought that Milwaukee would have matched up fine just because like, you know, they, they've got tons of length and Brooke Lopez could guard Anthony Davis, but like outside of Milwaukee, I don't think there's a team in the East like Miami. Like the, the issue I think with Miami is what happens if the Lakers go big and it's effective, right? Like Bam can guard Anthony Davis and that's what you want. But Dwight Howard was pretty freaking good offensively, at least in games four and five. And, you know, do they go big and make Anthony Davis play the four? And then like, what happens? Like you, you, you can't have a situation with like, like if they're going to play Dragic, Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, Jay Crowder, and Bam, like, well, can we do this? We don't really do this like sort of deep dive, but since there's only one series, can we go like position by position and see the matchups and see how you might adjust? Like for example, like let's just take point guard for example, and you know call it point guard. We're not calling LeBron a point guard, but the Lakers going to play heavy minutes to Caruso. Rondo's going to play heavy minutes, right? And then Miami's going to play what Dragic mostly and then I guess Tyler Hero I mean like how do you see that playing out just I'm thinking more from the Lakers point of view can Caruso cover Dragic yeah I don't you know well I think that's the Lakers like biggest thing is that defensively I think they're so much better and they have such a better defensive identity than people realize right they're they've been extremely good in terms of uh limiting three-pointers I think at certain stages like it seems they, they've limited three-pointers when they need to but I I feel like Dragic and Caruso is obviously a, I think it's an okay matchup like I don't think the, the, the issue I remember I think I brought this up last week I don't remember but with the Lakers like you don't really have anyone you can specifically hunt if say like Dwight Howard or JaVale's in the, not in the game right if they go small like Rondo's a fine defender playoff Rondo's a little bit overrated of a defender in my opinion it depends on how much he's allowed to get away with but like he's a good defender Crusoe's a good defender. Danny Green, for all his, like, missing, is a good defender. So I think, like, Dragic is going to be good. I would not expect him to be as good as he was against Boston. I think he'll be a little bit worse. Because, yeah, I mean, Crusoe has much better size than Kemba, let's say. I mean, it does seem like the Lakers are not going to get, I don't think, abused there. And that's always been, like, perceived Achilles' heel as the point guard position. And then let's look at the wings. So you have like Miami has these like white shooters, right? Um, Hero can play, you know, either guard spot and Duncan Robinson. And then I guess the Lakers can go with KCP and Danny Green. And I think those guys are pretty, again, like the Lakers defense is underrated because I don't really see like a big concern there from the Lakers point of view. Yeah. So I would say, right, the Nuggets shot 30, 34% from three. Miami's a better three-point shooting team, in my opinion. I don't, I don't know that you necessarily agree with that, but Miami, I, I believe, is very much a better three-point shooting team than Denver, right? I don't think Miami has one player as good as Jokic or as good as Jamal Murray was playing. I think they are deeper, for sure, than Denver. I, I think where Miami's, like, kind of effectiveness is, is that, like, 
they have a bunch of bodies to throw at LeBron, right? So I think this is going to be a slower series. So, like, yeah, well, I think, like, they'll be fine offensively. That, like, the Lakers will be fine defensively, excuse me. Like, I think the key is, like, how do the Lakers get a ton of shots if, like, we expect Iguodala and we expect Jimmy Butler and we expect Jay Crowder to do a good, not great job at LeBron, on LeBron, right? Because that's where Denver – Really struggled, right? right? Like Jeremy they Grant. They had Jeremy Grant, and they needed guy. to play him like forty minutes because they yeah. couldn't deal with. It. And so you're right. Like I was getting to that, like sort of the bigger forward spot. And so it's you know LeBron and Kuzma will be a backup, but like Miami does have the bodies. Like if you want to say like basically one to one, Jimmy Butler's going to match up against LeBron, and then Anthony Davis and Bam can maybe go at it. But then they have Jay Crowder and maybe Iguodala. I mean, it's enough. I mean, it's 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 not enough to stop him, but it's not enough to like. It's not a situation like Jeremy Grant, where if Jeremy Grant left the game, the Nuggets were going to get flamed. You know, like they have people, like obstacles to put in front of LeBron at least. Yeah, I mean, and there's a couple things too. Like Miami doesn't really turn the ball over, right? So this is not going to be a series. Like we're not going to, we're probably not going to see a game where like the Lakers get a bunch of runouts because we do. We have seen that a couple times. We've seen it against Houston. We've seen it against Denver. Miami gets the foul line, like Jimmy. Jimmy gets to the bucket, like, bam, draws fouls, right? Like, so I, I think that's something we know that they can win games and win series being the worst the worst offensive team. Statistically, they were a worse offensive team than Boston in this series, and I think that's because, one, Boston is really strong defensively on the wing, and I would assume, at least I would say, that Boston is a better defend, defensive team at the wing than, Miami, than uh, the Lakers are. I, I would think that Miami needs – they probably need like two really good Jimmy Butler games, right? Like two, like 30 and 12 games. They need Bam to stay healthy and stay out of foul trouble. And then they need one other guy, like whether it's Jay Crowder or like a Duncan Robinson, or like you get your 40 point game from Tyler Hero. Like they need something like that in, in two other games. And that's how they win. I think. Cause otherwise I just well, don't know. What about like sustain. the last like sort of matchup thing? Like, so theoretically center it, it's almost like an optional thing. It's like become like a flex in fantasy football. You don't necessarily yeah. need a true center, but like the Lakers would have Dwight and, and JaVale and Miami's guys are kind of like stretch guys. My, you know, Myers Leonard and you could play Kelly Linick if you want. Yeah. If they go big or small, like which favors, which in this matchup. All right. So like I said, if they, this is, this is to me the big chess piece, right? And this is kind of what like, and, and again, we have two fantastic coaches. Like, Frank Vogel's done an amazing job. Like I said, like, Lakers defensively deserve so much credit, right? LeBron just makes you good offensively because he's LeBron, you have him and Anthony Davis, whatever. I think the chess piece is, like, we. I, I would be very confident the Lakers are going to start big, right? Because they want to see what Miami does. This is probably the one time where, like, looking at Anthony Davis at the four is worthwhile, right? Because if you're just going to get every single rebound, and you're just going to like dominate inside, it's going to be hard for Miami to play a guy like Duncan Robinson. Now on the other end of the court, Dwight has been pretty poor in terms of like they were so bad against the Rockets and very bad against Denver with spreading shooters out against that big lineup. So like, I think with Miami, you want to limit what they can do offensively from a three point perspective. So like, I would be very quick with a trigger, right? I don't think you can play JaVale at all. He's just too bad in help side D who does he guard? Right. But I think that that's what the Lakers are going to want to do early is see if that big lineup, they can do what they did against Denver, which is like you get Dwight off early and then you close small and try to close the lead when you're really good defensively, you're really malleable, you're really switching, right? That's what I think they'll start to do. Miami, I think you just got to try to run them off the floor. You got to space the floor. You got to hope that Jay Crowder makes shots and Iguodala makes shots because those are the two guys that we know the Lakers are going to help off of. That's who one of the bigs are going to guard. Like, I would expect that it'll be Iguodala when he's on the court, but if if, if the Lakers if uh, 
Miami plays Jay Crowder at the four, like that's who I would expect Dwight Howard to guard. I don't think he'll guard Bam. Or you go, let Anthony Davis guard him and he just helps off and plays at the rim, right? Like he just helps off and roams. And I think like yeah. you got to hope that those guys make shots because the Heat only, I think the Heat only shot like 32% from three in the Celtics series. And that's probably not going to be good enough against the Lakers. They're going to probably have to shoot like 36 or 37% from three on a no, they, they're gonna have. You're right. Like I think that they're sort of like, if you're looking at like, say the Lakers are the Death Star, like what's the vulnerability? I think they're going to have to attack, you know, their guards are going to have to be high scorers you know, Dragic or Hero or somebody is going to have to score like 30 a night, you know, in game to game. And they have to just be zipping the ball around and just get super hot from three. But the thing that scares me from that idea, it's like these are not like LeBron's, you know, Cleveland teams. No. They were like really leaky on defense. Like they played pretty solid the whole year defensively. And like guys like KCP or whatever, like they're competent. I'm not going to get totally lost. I mean, if for a team that really came together this year, I give them so much credit for like locking in on defense as well as they have. Yeah, and every adjustment they've made, I, I do want to like. Well, I don't want to walk this comment back because I truly believe it. Like, I think Denver. If you look at the totality of that five game series, and and you just kind of like, you can actually apply luck to like a series, I, I would probably argue that Denver got about as unlucky in games two through five as you can get. And that being a four to one series, I think, I think there's some value at Miami. I really do. Because I, I, I do think Denver was very close, if not as good as the Lakers. I do feel that way. I, I think that they got an absolutely abysmal whistle in games four and five. I think it was like pathetic. I think they did some stupid stuff too. Like, like Jokic, like he just commits dumb fouls, right? And he takes the like, clear path foul to stop a fast break with like two minutes into the first quarter. And it's like, guy, you've been in foul trouble every game. Why are you just giving up a foul there? But, and then obviously, you know, Anthony Davis hit a buzzer beater, which pretty much flipped the series, right? Cause then it's two, one going into game four, or it's one, one going into game three, whatever. We don't know what happens. And I feel like Miami is a bit mentally tougher than Denver. And I also feel like Miami is not afraid. I've said this before and I hate to do this like psychological thing, but like, Jimmy Butler, like, that guy doesn't care that it's LeBron on the other side of the court. Like, Miami's going to want to get in Anthony Davis's head. Like, they're going to want to make it really hard for Anthony Davis. And you and I both know, Zan, Anthony Davis does not thrive in situations where things are difficult. Like, when yeah. he's making shots and he's catching it easy, like, he's the best player. He might be the best player in the NBA. But, like, when you put P.J. Tucker on him or you put a guy – I'm not going to say that Jay Crowder's the guy, but you put somebody who wants to be super physical with him, if he doesn't get the greatest whistle ever – you can make it really difficult on Anthony Davis. And I, I would expect the Heat to do that. Like, I think they want to be physical. They know they can go nine deep. Like, you can play Derek Jones. You can play Kendrick Nunn. You can play Kelly Olynyk. Like, they want to do that. You can play Myers Leonard, right? They feel they, – they, Eric's supposed to put fucking Solomon Hill in the game. Like, they are just totally comfortable with their culture and how they play. And, like, I would expect to see a very fun series. Because one of the things I think that happens when teams play LeBron is, like, when he's really good, you kind of watch, we've talked about this, right? Like his presence, his aura, like you watch young guys, they kind of like fall into it. They're like, Oh my God, that's LeBron. And I thought I saw Jamal Murray kind of just like decide like it's LeBron. Like what, what can I do? I don't think Miami's going to do that. Does, does that like make sense? What I'm saying? No, it about does. Like, like yeah. if I was trying to like talk myself into Miami, I would say, look, Anthony Davis is a tough matchup. We probably have maybe the best defender for his particular skill set, right? With that's, them, what, that's, I what I, that's what I think. And that's why I think, like, for Spolster, it's going to be so important to try to figure out a way that Bam can spend as many minutes on AD as possible. And I don't know, like, I don't yeah. know how to do that if 
I just, and maybe, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> and then maybe I'm thinking from Miami's point of view, like maybe the fact that they have more chemistry, you know, they listen to their coach more. I don't know if their coach is better, but maybe. <laughs> How do you know that? I just get that sense. Like anecdotally, like they seem, Spo is like a big part of Miami's culture. You know what I mean? Like the whole. No, that's what I mean. Like Like, he's more of like, he's, he's more like built into the infrastructure. Um, and uh, like Vogel was like the seventh choice, right? (laughs) Yeah. He's done an amazing job. Yeah. He's done a great job. Um, but it's like, it's like one of the differences between like, you know, if you're renovating a house, like there's a, like a beam that's like, Oh, that's a structural thing. You cannot remove that. Cause the house will fall down. Like that's more Spolstra and Vogel's like, you know, a nice lawn chair. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, um, hopefully at least he's from like pottery barn. It's not yeah, just like the lawn chair. Yeah, exactly. It's a good pick. It turned out to bring the room together, but it's <laughs> not like important. You um, make a lot of good comparisons. That might be the greatest one. Yeah. Like I Frank mean, Vogel's a lawn chair, but I so what I'm saying is like Miami, I trust their depth a little more. And like maybe strategically, they're like, look, if you're gonna play Dwight and we we're you know stretching them out with like Kelly Olinick or you know, my guy Myers Leonard, even like those guys could knock down shots. Well, do like, they even if, need do they even need to play a stretch big in that scenario? Now no, we know like saying, Kelly like, Olinick was it, quite good against Milwaukee, and I would expect like wouldn't you obviously like Brooke Lopez is not as good as Anthony Davis on offense, but defensively, like they played Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton. Like, that's a lot of size. I would expect to see more of an offensive game plan like we saw against Milwaukee than what we saw against the Celtics, no, where, like, yeah, it was I'm pretty clear thinking, early. I'm just thinking, like, if, if you go deep and you challenge the Lakers' depth, which has been a question mark all year, and the, and the weird thing is they played really well in the playoffs. So, like, but it's like maybe that's not real, like – or it'll revert. Like looking at the playoffs per game, Markeith Morris, we thought was dead in the water, shot 44% from three so far. Rondo shot 44% from three. Dwight Howard's playing really well. Is this going to last? I mean, I don't know. Um, I would like, if, if I'm an underdog, I'd like to, 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 to make him prove it almost, you know, and maybe LeBron does get tired if he, if he needs to play 40 minutes a night. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, like, I don't even know if we could get odds on this on Movada, but like, I would totally expect that LeBron is going to play 40 minutes a night, right? Like that guy, he's, we've seen them hold pretty strong to a specific rotation and keep their minutes like pretty similar. But like, I don't think we're going to, this might be a scenario where we do see like 45 minutes a game from LeBron. And I don't know if there's like a law of diminishing returns on that. I, he's just I been do, so I good. I think there like, is. Like he, he does, you know, get a little tired. He's a big guy, you know, it's like. His endurance is not, you know, at Olympic Michael Jordan levels. Um, I do think the psychological part. I I do think the psychological part of this is very important. This is the one team that, like, you could tell, like the Bucks, like they got rattled against Miami. Like you could tell, like Boston, like just even for example, Sunday night, right? Like it's a tie game in the fourth quarter. Boston's up a little bit, and then all of a sudden, like Miami just goes on a run, and like they just they're never out of it. They came back from ten down in games one and two, like. It's, it's just like Miami to me is it, it, a little bit similar to Denver where like they just know what they're doing. Like everybody knows their roles. They know how they play. They know NBA games are really long. And like they're going to go in against the Lakers, have a lot of bodies to throw at LeBron. They do have Bam. And then like you got guys like Goran Dragic who are really good. Like it, there's no question, right? Like let's, the Lakers have the best two players in the series. But then like Miami might have the best three to seven. That's what Bill Simmons Seven said. or eight? Yeah, Bill Simmons was talking about that. He's like, oh, you know, maybe that's how Miami wins. And then everyone's like, well, that's probably been true for 
every playoff series so far for the Lakers. That's actually a good point. Uh, I, I, yeah, that's, that's a but I, point. But I don't I know if Denver, I, I don't know if well, Denver, cause like Denver gave a lot of minutes to like Gary Harris and like Tory Craig. And like, those guys are good NBA play. Those guys are NBA players, but like, I don't know that like, I think Caruso or Rondo is like substantially worse than a guy like Gary Harris. I honestly, even though no, I agree. And they were playing well too. I mean, but if I, if I'm Miami, I'd say like, let's press them. Let's punish them when they don't have LeBron to make them think that they're going to have to play LeBron 40 minutes a night. And then maybe he does. Get I'm sorry. Tired. Let's press them. Do you mean, you certainly mean pressure them in the half court. You don't mean actually full court. No, press no, them. not full okay, court. Press. I was going to say, cause we were just going to cancel the podcast for the rest. Although of the it wouldn't be interesting if like Cruz was playing point guard. I think you could probably press. Them. He is, I, he really struggles. This has been the one part about Rondo that actually has been really good. And again, like we talked a good bit about, playoff Rondo and Hall of Fame Rondo. And this is an interesting series, right? Because I do think like Andre Iguodala, by the way, this is six straight NBA finals for him, I think. Is it not? Yeah, it's six straight NBA finals for Andre Iguodala. So anyway, but I think that that's one more than LeBron, by the way. But like Caruso really struggles when he has to initiate the offense. And Rondo doesn't struggle quite as much because like he's a better point guard. He's a better ball handler. Like he's a better distributor than a guy like Caruso. If you could find a way to make Caruso have to handle it a little bit more. Like right now they've kind of turned Caruso into like a three and D wing, which I think is super smart, right? Like that's his role. He can dribble it a little bit. Like he's much more athletic than people think he's pretty good in transition, but like when he dribbles or like when Danny green dribbles or like when KCP dribbles or our guy, Kyle Kuzma, like when those four have to dribble the basketball, things are not good for the Lakers, right? No, so can you, why, can like you when, overplay Rondo? Like, can you overplay LeBron and make it hard for him to get it back? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Well, but and they the, you know, we, they, we, they had the debate all season. Who's more important to the Lakers, Anthony Davis or LeBron? And LeBron fans would, would the point The answer out. is LeBron, but it's... <laughs> well, the, it's you close. know, LeBron fans would point to like sort of the on-off stats. And I think a lot of that has to do with what you're saying. It's like, they're just really not built to play without LeBron. Correct. Yeah. Um, and, but the fact that Rondo's played so well kind of mitigates that. But if you're Miami, I mean, that's like your best plan. Like if, if LeBron rests eight minutes a night, like you have to win those minutes, like plus eight, you know, like you just have yeah, to. It's, and, and, you know, I don't know, I don't know how a team like Miami's built to handle 50, 50 balls and 50, 50 calls not going their way. I would assume they're more equipped to do it than like a younger team. Cause like, that's the other part about this. Like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Bam are young players, right? But they are littered with vets. They have tons of guys who have been around and played in tons of high-level games, right? So Jimmy Butler obviously has not won a title, but he's played in a bunch of playoff series. He's been an all-star. He's been an all-NBA player. You've got Andre Iguodala. Jay Crowder seemingly is in the playoffs taking shots every single year, right? Like he was <laughs> playing with Boston, playing with Utah. Kelly Olynyk, you know, Myers Leonard. Like they have guys – Solomon Hill is a vet, at least. Like, but they have guys that have played in these stretches, Gordon Dragic for Miami specifically. Like, Udonis Haslam is still on their team. Can't forget about that. So, like, I think Miami is better equipped to handle ebbs and flows of a longer series. Like, and, and mm-hmm. I think that that's something that matters a good deal in this. Because the Lakers, you have LeBron and you have Anthony Davis, but like Anthony Davis has not played in an NBA finals before, right? He's not played in a conference finals before you have Rondo's won a title. You have your J.R. Smith, your Dwight Howard's whatever, but like the Lakers rotation players are not as equipped. I would imagine to handle things going haywire. If that See, makes I, sense. I disagree. And I'll tell you why. Um, yeah, you just have LeBron. Like what is it? Well, matter? not even that. It's like, 
LeBron always likes to play with vets. He does and like Miami, to do that. Yeah, so Miami has like a weird collection of like super young guys and super old guys and a little in between. But Bam is 23. Tyler, Tyler Hero is 19. 20. 20. I think he's turned 20. Yeah. So let's say those two guys are under 23. The Lakers don't have a rotational player who's younger than 25. Can we talk about Bam and Tyler Hero for a second? But I'm just saying, but just on that point, like guys like Kuzma's 25, Caruso's 25. It was surprising, I think, for a lot of people. You know, KCP's 26, 27. They don't have that guy who's like so wide-eyed. Like yeah. these guys are all like sort of in their prime or old, you know, maybe on the decline, but they, they don't have a lot of youth, like dumb youth on their team. By the way, that's something I want to do in the offseason when we need uh, content. I want to play a game called Who's Older? Because in where I just toss two players out and you tell me who's older. And I think it's, or like how old is. Right. And I think we could do like 30 minutes. Cause like it's, it always ends up happening with a guy like Jamal Murray, but like maybe if Tyler hero becomes like a true superstar, which I, you know, maybe there's a chance. What is there? A 25% chance that the guy we saw in game huh. four is Tyler is who he is. I don't know. But anyway, like, so Jamal Murray is 23, right? We've talked about this. And when I was coaching at College of Charleston, we had a kid, Grant Riller, who's going to be drafted, I would imagine, close, first, late first, early second. He's going to get drafted this year. But he's actually older than Jamal Murray is. And so, like, when you see stuff like that, it's just very funny. Because, like, Tyler Hero is 20. Like, this is his first year, and he's playing major rotation minutes in the NBA Finals. And maybe the bubble was the best thing for him. But, like, he has not played like a rookie at all. Like, in, in the regular season, he did right. do that sometimes. And in the playoffs, all of a sudden, it's like, they're going to this guy in pick and roll late when he was atrocious in the pick and roll in the regular season. He's raised his, like, points per possession in the pick and roll, like, from, like, 0. .78 to, like, 0. .95. Like, that's insane. That means he's been so efficient. And it's like, where is this confidence coming from? Like, where is the confidence with Duncan Robinson to just, like, let it fly? Like, they, they have these young guys, like, and bam, too. Like, they just have these young guys that have never been in this situation before that are just all of a sudden playing, like, 10-year vets. It's, it's, yeah. it's impressive. It really is amazing, honestly. Well, um, yeah, I, you're so right about the age thing. Like, and I, I've said it before. It's like the Amy – I call it the Amy, Amy Adams rule where it's like when you debut, it seems to matter more in your public consciousness than your actual age. So, yeah. for example, like Kendrick Nunn, breakout rookie. He's 25. Yeah. Devin Booker, who's coming off his fifth season in the league, is 23. But it just feels like Kendrick Nunn's younger, he's newer, you know. But meanwhile, he's two years older than Devin Booker. Yeah, same thing. Like, it's the Buddy Heald thing, like we talked about. Like, if you're buying to Buddy, like, do you know, do you think you have five to seven more years of Buddy? Or, like, do you want to go with a one-and-done guy who, like, you might have 10 years left of? And, again, it's, it's, it's just an interesting thing because, like, you're exactly right. Like, the Lakers are not – you know, maybe we'll see Teelan Horton Tucker. Like, sometimes they, like, randomly throw him in the game, right? Like, that that just, like, seems to happen where, like, Teelan Horton Tucker plays, like, four minutes. I, I don't know if he played – yeah, he didn't play at all against Denver. But, I mean, who is their youngest rotation player? It's Caruso, right? Yeah, I mean – Oh, Kuzma's, Kuzma, 20, think, Kuzma's 24. He just turned 25. Yeah, I looked that and up. And Anthony Davis is only 26, by the way, which is, like, <laughs> ridiculous. Amazing. Like, that's just the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> like, and what? then th- – so it scares me a little bit that Miami has super young guys and also super old guys. And obviously the Lakers do too. But LeBron at 35, it doesn't feel like 35. But Iguodala can show his age sometimes. I'm like, what was he, five for five the other night? I mean, I don't want to take a victory lap on Iguodala because he's certainly not the reason that they're going to have a – like, if they win the title, though, like, he's going to be a reason why they won the title. Like, him and Jay Crowder yeah. are certainly better it for works. them than Justice hey, look, Winslow. My- 
every weird move Miami made worked to get yeah. in here. Do you remember like a couple of years ago when they signed like Kelly Olynyk and they signed like Dion right. Waiters and everyone was like, what are they doing? Like, why are they giving away like $50 million to like two, 50 million each to like two guys who are probably like just good rotation players? <laughs> well, it's, and it's then they just worked their saw, way out of it. Right. Like, right. Like I saw Chris Mannix or somebody like that on Twitter saying like, Miami's back in the finals. This is a master class on how to rebuild after, you know, the super team. I'm like, it, it not is. really. Like, they, they they made a lot of really weird moves, like you said. Dion Waiters got a big contract. Kelly Olenek got a well, weird contract. And then remember, they gave Chris Bosh a huge deal, right? And then he had, like, the blood clots, which is obviously not his fault, but, like, he was pretty good. And then they re-signed Dwayne Wade. And it's like, the one thing that it is a master class in, Zan, I think, is cap yeah. management, right? Like, well, and it's yeah, it's like Harry Houdini like escaping yeah. an impossible situation because they looked like dead in the water. They were locked in. Like I think they had the most expensive roster in the league a couple years ago, and they didn't even make the playoffs. I do want to give the two of us credit though. This was a roster. Obviously, the roster is a bit different now than it was at the beginning of the year. But this is a roster that both of us looked at and were like, "This is a very good team." Like, absolutely. I did not think they were going to make the NBA Finals, and then once we got to the bubble, you know, you could see it. Like it was they had a path, right? We talked about it like outside chance of like, hey, sleepers, whatever. But, like, this is a really good team. Like, And Jimmy Butler just gives you so much. He just is, like, the perfect player for who they want to be on the court, right? And my own issues with Jimmy aside, and, again, I think it's hilarious how, you know, Anthony Davis and Jimmy Butler both basically just torpedoed their first teams last year. Obviously, Anthony Davis only ended up on New Orleans and then got traded. But, like, Jimmy Butler, like, let's not forget, like, he started last year on the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? And then I just think it's funny because, like, now you have, like, the pieces about how Jimmy Butler is like the main cog and how he transformed the heat. And it's like, did he really transform the heat or did they just recognize that like, this is one guy that fits with kind of our culture. Like he, there's sort of an old quote that I saw. I think it's like a month old about Udonis Haslam. And they're saying like, he's a dog about Jimmy Butler. He's a dog. So if you put him in a kennel with a bunch of cats, he's going to growl at them. Kind of referring to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah. And if you put him with a bunch of dogs, he's going to be really comfortable. And and I think that that actually feels like it applies here in Miami. My, my friend said to me, I got a text. I have some other friends besides you. But he, he texted me that, like, it's going to be great in 10 years or 15 years when Udonis Haslam is, like, still getting paid a million dollars. And he's, like, 58 years old with, like, a white beard. And he never plays. But he's, like, player coach. But then Jimmy Butler is also going to be like on the heat's bench because neither one of them are ever going to retire because it's like, well, what else do we do? Like we don't have skills to be in like everyday life, but like we can be a locker room guy for like a long time. And I thought that was pretty funny that like- Jimmy Butler is definitely going to be like the next Paul Pierce, like on ESPN, just like trying to give hot takes, I think. Do you think? I don't think so. I will say- He likes the camera. But Paul Pierce was a fake tough guy. Like in terms of like his on the court, didn't he get stabbed like 10 he times? He did, nine times. That's pretty yeah. tough, to be honest. But it wasn't like he was, like, fighting back. Like, it's not like he, the other guy got stabbed 10 times. He just got so stabbed. So you're like Trump? You like, you like guys who don't get stabbed? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't want to talk about politics. I, I can't even bring it up without, like, my hand twitching. I just think that, like, Jimmy Butler and, and Anthony Davis, too, like, I just want to kind of, like, call to action that, like, your past isn't totally erased just because the end result ended up being like pretty good, you know? And this is two years in a row now with this because Kawhi Leonard obviously pulled this and got sent to Toronto. And it's just like, it's not, you know, player empowerment is good. Like they, you know, you get used and you get paid handsomely for your services, but like, if you're not happy and you get, can move yourself, like that's fine. I just don't think it's okay to do it the way that it went down. You know, I think it's fine. I I totally agree. I I think it's so bizarre that, 
Kevin Durant gets so much hate. Yeah. You and know, Anthony Davis you know, is like, the, people love Davis Anthony Davis. And they same with LeBron, him. by the way. LeBron is, look, maybe he kind of checked out a little bit on Cleveland towards the first run, but he left his free agents. So it's totally his right. There's nothing that he's done that like tanked a franchise no. at the time. No, he's fine. Um, but he like all the these f- other guys who just get a pass from like demanding trades and sitting out and cause it works out. It's only to get a pass if it worked out in the end. Yeah. You, you can't lose. Like if, if you lose that, like, you know, like when we're, LeBron went to Miami originally and they lost in year one to Dallas, like, I don't want to say that any professional year of LeBron's life has been like particularly difficult, but I am quite sure that like when he left, he was like, this is bad. You know, like we, we have to win because my reputation is like on the line. And again, that's, Maybe Jimmy Butler's just so confident that he knew, like, hey, if I get out of Minnesota, like, I, wherever I go, like, I'm going to take off. Because even in Philly, like, he was great for them in the playoffs. Like, he was fantastic. In the playoffs, in the absolutely. And it's like... That, that's why I have a, such a hard time picking Miami to win and why I, I didn't pick him against Milwaukee. It's like, Jimmy Butler's a very good player. He didn't have an amazing series. Yeah. Like, he like, averaged 19, and think he's a. I don't even think he's a great player. Like, he's... I think he's I don't know, man. It's hard. I don't know. Well, you're talking about like, hey, let, what's the star matchup here? LeBron, maybe the best player of all time, maybe two, maybe three. And Jimmy Butler, who who's a multiple-time all-star, but has never made like an NBA second team. You know, I mean, like he's never finished in the top, you know, eight in MVP. I mean, Dan, they, they won the series against Boston because Bam was the best player in the series. Not yeah, because Jimmy Butler was the best. Like they won that but that's series what I'm because saying. they like couldn't they need. You're but talking this is about a better two this all is a better time grades. This is a better series. About two all time grades versus two all stars, and I don't think that's a fair matchup. I and I think Anthony yeah, Davis is like an all time talent. You know, I mean, maybe top, you know, yeah, whatever forty of all time, but still, that's pretty good. I mean, here's here's the thing, right? Like, the Heat have to find a way to score and get stops. And I think they will be able to get some stops. You can only stop LeBron and Anthony Davis for so long, right? Like that's just the way it works. You have to make sure, you have to make sure that like Markeith Morris doesn't go crazy. You got to have, you have to make sure that Rondo doesn't go crazy. They should be fine guarding Kyle Kuzma. This should be a terrible series for Kuzma. Just in general, like it's just like a bad series for him to play. Like they need to find a way to like get him on the floor against Duncan Robinson probably. And even Duncan Robinson's like not a horrendous defender. But like the thing with Miami is like, they're not going to win like a slow grinded out game where like Jimmy and LeBron go head to head. Like they need to win games where they like make shots and they spread it out and like they play with pace and then they are able to stop the Lakers in the half court. Because like I said, like only Bam, like Bam and Tyler Hero are both very good. Bam was spectacular against Boston. Tyler Hero was very good, but like Dragic, Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, Jay Crowder, and then pregame six, Andre Iguodala, like those guys weren't amazing against Boston. And again, it's a different series. Like Boston's wing depth, the ability to defend at the wing is is probably the best in the league, right? But, like, the Lakers don't have that type of size and length on the wing. So I would expect to see Crowder get more open shots. I'd expect to see Jimmy Butler get more open shots. I'd expect to see Duncan Robinson get more open shots. I just think that Boston makes this it really huge... hard for you to do that. And we didn't talk a lot about Boston losing, but it's kind of, like, expected. It's like, look, Losing in the conference finals, I felt like was appropriate for them. It's that fine. Was They're a really like good level. team. Like, yeah. Um, I think this is going to be a huge referendum on 538. I don't know if you saw this, but. We talked about this. They had know, Miami 64% to win the title, I think, before game right. six. And right? now in, this, in the finals, I think they're saying it's like 70. 
Um, and that's just so against the consensus in Vegas. And, and it's interesting to me. I, I don't like write that off as like a, a joke. I, I'm like, I'm curious to see if they're right or wrong. And they can't like, you know, this is, there's so, such an outlier it's, in that prediction. You can't claim victory either way. Like you're taking a stand. You're it's player specific. It's a player specific model, which is interesting. I think you can change it to ELO, which is like their right. kind of like how you're played over the course of time. But this is like how you're playing right now. And like, they are very in favor of Miami. And like I said, I, I personally feel like Miami matches up. I, like I said, I thought Milwaukee matched up the best with the Lakers of anybody in the East. So I won't lie about that, but I feel like Miami matches up very well with the Lakers. The one thing I will say is it does feels in, and this will be the last point I make before we sign off. I, I, it does feel like this has fallen exactly how it was so, supposed to fall for the Lakers. Right. Like it just, well, they, I think in a, like a fairy tale world, they would beat the Clippers and they would beat Milwaukee. But oh yeah, yeah, of course. But I just mean like in terms of the stars aligning for LeBron to like win yeah. a title. We in said this that way. one of the first things in the bubble. It's like feels like a Lakers year, um, a LeBron year. I I will say this though, in terms of predictions, you said it's five and a half the first few games probably. I think if Miami's going to win one of the first two, I, I think I would bet one, you know, early. Because we saw the Lakers lose game one the first time, second time they won, they lost game two. No, they won game, game one, they lost game one against Houston. They lost game one. What about Denver? Did Denver win game they, two? They won games one, they won game one, AD buzzer beater game two, Denver won game three, they won games four. Okay. Well, maybe that, but still, they lost two out of the three game ones. I think Miami has the best shot early, like punching them in the mouth. Um, so I would. I don't think five and a half. I, I wouldn't bet Lakers five and a half. But I, I, was, I just don't think you might be more inclined to bet Miami in the series. I'm not willing to go that far. Yeah, I already. I mean, I have better odds than what's currently offered on Bovada. Like I, I have better odds from Bovada, but they they offered. I think I, I have it at like plus five fifty from a couple weeks ago. Not bad. That's a good bet for sure. I, told, um, I mean, and I told you like I thought Denver was like a better. Well, bet. Okay, see, I want to do one last thing though because I think it's so interesting. And finals MVP. I don't know if you have the odds, but they don't. They're not currently up. On but like, who? I, like, how many people do you think credibly can win? Obviously, LeBron. The, you're betting on LeBron. Win, it's LeBron. It's going to win. <laughs> I mean, like, what would AD have to do to pull off an MVP over LeBron? I, it's so stupid, right? Because like, Anthony Davis. Do you know off the top of your head like what his numbers were in the conference finals? No. So he averaged 31, 6, 2, and then like two stocks. Shout out Bill Simmons and shot 45, 33, 91. Like, and played 38 minutes a game. And he was, you know, spectacular on offense and pretty good on defense. And LeBron was 27, 10, and 9. And I just think if those numbers accrue the way they are, like LeBron is going to win finals MVP every time, you know, like AD needs to average like like, 35 and 12. But the problem is like LeBron's counting stats, like LeBron's rebounds and assists and how important he is to their offense. Like this feels like the referendum on him not winning MVP, right? Like this feels like this is what you get. get. I I think to AD to win, he'd have to almost like lap LeBron, beat him in points, beat him in rebounds and almost tie him in assists or beat should him in we, assists. Should we start a rumor that the Lakers end up losing this series because LeBron and AD were fighting over who needed to win finals MVP? <laughs> I will I like, say this too. Hold on real like, quick. I think AD's fine conceding this actually. I don't think he cares. Yeah. The Lakers, I, as much as I like make, I'm critical of like LeBron, right? The Lakers locker room is strong. 
like it is it is really strong like it's their culture is good it, it's it's interesting right from a you know last year we saw the pictures of like lebron sitting far away from all the young guys and like it looked like he was like disgusted and now they have like this Dion waiters jr smith dwight howard javel mcgee jared dudley quinn cook bench mob that's like everybody loves them and then like on the court like they're very together like they're they're, they're very much in unison like it's 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 impressive for a guy like LeBron at 35 years old to be like running his own race against history and yet still having a team that's like with him and like wants I, I guarantee you if they win the finals and I will not be watching post game press conferences if, when they if and when they do win I guarantee you we hear 10 different guys talk about how they wanted to win for LeBron I'm serious it's impressive. Yeah, it really is. No, absolutely. Well, well, let's say Miami wins, which let's say it's plus four hundred, plus five hundred. No, it's plus. It's they're they're plus two seventy five right now. Above. Oh, really? See that? Yeah, I would have taken your five fifty. But um, how many different guys could theoretically win MVP? Obviously, Jimmy Butler. I don't really see how that happens. Butler, but... Butler, Dragic, Bam, Hero. They could all. Duncan Robinson. Do you think probably like not. Hero? Do you think Hero could win it? I mean, he have to average like twenty five a game. I guess. I mean, he just threw up like. What it, I'm not if you know this is crazy for me to say. He just averaged he just averaged nineteen six and five on fifty two thirty five. Let me throw this out there because I'm the biggest Andre Iguodala hater in the world at this stage. You know, what if Iguodala you know gets hot from three, hits like you know fifty percent of his threes, guards LeBron capably? Like, can he just like sneak out play. a like, sort of X factor? He's not going to play enough minutes, I don't think, because they're not going to. You know, if he's playing thirty minutes a game, they're not going to win the series. I don't think so. But Real you quick. know, one of the two, like Iguodala or Rondo, is going to get like a you know. Yeah, probably. Puff piece on ESPN about they're how both going to get puff pieces yeah. within the next twenty four hours. All right, last thing, and then we I got to go. Well, I want to hear your final prediction because I, I that's can what I was going to say. Give yeah. your prediction. I I'm going to pick. God, I don't even know. I want to pick the Lakers in six. I want Miami to win, and I think that Miami absolutely can win. I think this is much closer to a fifty five forty five series, or even like fifty two forty eight. Like, I just think this is LeBron's destiny, if you will. I'm going to pick the Lakers in six. I'm going to say, I do think Miami's going to win one of the first two. And then, like I said before, with Portland, I hope Portland wins one of the first two because it feels like a series. I don't remember Shaq and Kobe, Allen Iverson won game one. And then, oh my God, this feels like a competitive series kind of. Um, but I think the Lakers will be up 2-1 by the end of three. And I do think Miami's sort of magic, their sort of confidence is based on the fact that they're playing so well. I think when that turns, I do think they're going to eventually fold kind of like Denver and they're going to lose 4-1. We will see. 4-1, I I don't know about that. All right, he is uh, Xander Kellison at gmail.com. I'm saying LeBron. Yeah, I'm going to pick LeBron MVP as well. I just say it's not going to be anybody else. Like, I don't even, I don't even, like, Anthony Davis's odds to me are just bad value. I'm sure he's probably like plus 200. Like, you're flushing money down the toilet. It's not happening. But anyway, Xander Kellison at gmail.com and uh, Xander underscore route. Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit and uh, final start Wednesday night. And as always, Zan, it's a pleasure. Good luck. Good luck. Thanks for listening to the underdog sports NBA show with your host, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.